Hello everyone, welcome to the Voice of the Wild, the podcast initiative by Naturalist Foundation. With this podcast, we bring you closer to wildlife conservation, scientific research and government environmental policies. I'm Kalpa Pran as your host and today we are going to talk about cheetah reintroduction in India. Specifically, introduction of African cheetahs into the Indian subcontinent. So without wasting more time, let's get into the topic. The last three confirmed Indian cheetahs were shot by the Maharaja of State of Korwai in 1947. Even though cheetahs survived in hidden pockets after the emperor and the monarch shot the last three known cheetahs, this event is considered the treacherous human intervention in the extinction and decimation of the very special subspecies of Asiatic cheetah population in India. Cheetahs were caught and caged in large numbers during the Mughal era. Mughal Emperor Akbar is speculated to have owned more than 9,000 cheetahs during his lifetime and had only one record of a cheetah bred in captivity, and others were mostly caught from the wild. The scenario was not significantly different during the British Raj where the extensive game-killing traditions played the toll on the already dwindling numbers of cheetahs. Not to mention the estimated number of 80,000 tigers killed, which is altogether a different discussion. The only surviving species to which the Indian cheetahs belong now live with a minor population in Iran. Now let's jump to the factors that led to the further decline of the remaining population of cheetahs. The colossal population in Indian courts which allowed the rapid conversion of grasslands to agricultural lands created the decline of the cheetah population in the 16th century. The population of game hunting during the British Raj and the bounties on cheetah killings just aided the already existing anthropogenic pressures on the number of surviving cheetahs in the 18th and 19th century. For the record, at least 127 cheetahs are known to have existed and captured photographed between 1800 and 1950. Some documents stated the minimum of 70 cheetah kills were rewarded by the colonial administration between 1870 and 1925. The prestige of coursing and rarity of cheetahs were so much that in the 20th century and an estimate of about 200 cheetahs were thought to have been imported from Africa as a substitute. Now that's quite a big number for that time period. Looking at the molecular approach, interestingly in a study it was found that there was closer genetic associations between the Asiatic cheetah and the Southeast African cheetah rather than the Northeast African cheetah. This closer association was most probably due to the founder's effect. Now, the reintroduction of African cheetah in India had two fundamental questions arise about this debate of reintroduction. First, whether reintroduction that has been given a green signal provided appropriate sites which are more suitable for cheetah acclimatization. Second, which subspecies is more suitable for introduction? Even though Iranian cheetahs and Indian cheetahs are most closely related genetically, the former's population is not sufficient and robust enough to offset it from the existing small population. Furthermore, it is speculated that the genetic framework of the African cheetah subspecies and the Asiatic cheetah subspecies is not different enough to impact the ability of African cheetah subspecies to survive in Indian grasslands. However, this introduction also needs to consider the ecological and the behavior of the African subspecies. The reintroduction of African subspecies in India is a complex one that can be assessed only by trial and error. An experienced geneticist would highly favor this move provided suitable sites have been discovered, as earlier stated. 
although there is no genetic reason to preclude their reintroduction there is considerations like local environment and ecology animal behavior anthropogenic pressures the likelihood of success and probable impact of the african subspecies of the cheetahs on the already endangered species in the prospective sites of the reintroduction needs to be taken in account like the kuno leopard that's found in kuno where the cheetahs are proposed to be reintroduced 10 cheetahs out of which 5 are females are to be reintroduced from Namibia at Kuno National Park Madhya Pradesh which is in the Shiopur district after the Supreme Court gave an order in 2020 the cheetahs are reportedly to be introduced or let's say reintroduced in India in November of 2021 which is an irony because african cheetahs were never really present in india to be again reintroduced however we will go along with what the government tells us and let's move on the proposed area is 6800 square kilometers however earlier it was estimated to be around 750 square kilometers initially proposed cats in the regions were tigers lions cheetahs and leopards however that didn't go down well as it met resistance from the gujarat administration therefore the cheetahs will benefit for the infrastructure that was intended for lions it also decided that initially the cats will be kept in a 5 km square fenced area inside the park which will give the cheetahs the time and the space to acclimatize to the new prey base now why we are discussing this is because even though this looks like a heritage project for india it might run into a brick wall sooner when examined from a conservationist point of view but we cannot rule out the fact that reintroduction has been successful in a few cases like the grey wolf that was reintroduced in yellowstone national park or the pygmy hogs in assam or the gharials in, in a few river, rivers coming back to cheetahs they went extinct in india around 70 years ago after which india has been attempting to procure the asiatic cheetah present in iran which is this species last stronghold but this move of india hasn't been successful as of now therefore we are now shifting to cheetahs of africa wti which is the wildlife trust of india wii uh, wildlife institute of india assess plans feasibility and identify possible reintroduction sites and weigh its benefits We need to remember that this move's primary driver is bringing back our lost natural heritage which can boost better management of grasslands and help pastoralists graze their livestock. Here's a snippet from the report and I quote, "The venture must be viewed not simply as an introduction of species, however charismatic it may be, but as an endeavor to better manage and restore some of our most valuable yet neglected ecosystems and the species dependent upon them." End quote. Kuno National Park has necessary antelopes, chinkaras, nilgai, spotted deer, chambars, wild boar numbers to sustain the reintroduced population of cheetahs which will also potentially boost the revenue by tourism for local communities. Having said this, we also need to remember that most of the people residing around the park are resettled tribals that lived inside the forest but had to shift due to the potential reintroduction of lions which never came. This old settlements has now been converted to patches of grasslands where the cheetahs will be seen. In Africa, cheetah density varies between 1 cheetah per 40 km2 to around 1 per 925 km2. Now we need to remember that Kuno National Park is 748 square km in size, which will have around 10 cheetahs. That is almost the full capacity and less than what cheetahs typically need. Now why did the NTCA's application ask for cheetah to be reintroduced in the first place 
Not to mention the irony as reintroduction isn't accurate considering the species of cheetahs to be moved hasn't been previously existed in India. Dharmendra Khandal, a conservation biologist with an NGO called Tiger Watch, said that the project's aim isn't conservation but tourism instead. Members of the expert committee and other scientists and researchers have long said one of the project's primary aim is to conserve India's grasslands and grassland species like the Great Indian Bustard and the Caracal. But Kuno is a dry deciduous forest, not a grassland. So, as such, the project's ecological motivation still remains suspect. For another example, consider how officials at Yellowstone National Park reintroduced the wolves to fulfill an ecological role, which is to stabilize the local elk population. The wolves hunted elk population that had become bigger than Yellowstone could hold. The wolves also preferred undernourished bull elk, which were easy prey in the dry season. This spared the cow elk to reproduce, give birth to more elk, and keep the population stable. Few conservationists condemn this move as India has no shortage of wildlife that already require attention, and this move would lead to neglect other species and promote speciesism. I quote, in conservation, we have limited resources and time to conserve multiple species. I think it is pragmatic to focus our interventions on tigers, leopards, lions, and snow leopards, end quote, says Dr. Kriti Karant, chief conservation scientist and director at the Center for Wildlife Studies, Bengaluru. Dr. Arjun N. Gopalaswamy, a wildlife and statistical ecologist and at the scientist advisor, Global Programs Wildlife Conservation Society, who also works in African ecosystems, argues that India needs to draw its plans based on ecological and behavioral studies on cheetahs from Africa or Iran. I quote, making any reintroduction plan involves wild guesswork if no attempt has been made to understand the population firsthand in Africa or Iran, end quote. Dr. Anish Andheria, president of Wildlife Conservation Trust, has a similar view. On a lot of occasions, the feeling of conflict between humans and wildlife is born out of perception that a certain species is dangerous to human life. This feeling gets accentuated when people have no knowledge about the species. There is no example in India where a large or a medium carnivore has been successfully reintroduced after a gap of 50 to 100 years. In Africa, the most commonly reported forms of conflict involves livestock depredation by cheetah, following by retaliation leading to increased cheetah deaths, says Dr. Gopalaswamy. The Cheetah Conservation Fund, an international organization in Namibia, reports that most of the cheetahs in Namibia, Botswana, and Tanzania live outside protected areas, and some of them are killed when they stray into villages. I quote, Cheetahs are timider than other big cats, which might lead to them coming in close contact with people with consequences for both, end quote. Says Dr. Kriti Karan, when asked about the implications of the reintroduction on the local communities. This hints that there could be conflict with the people that live in close vicinity of the cheetahs, especially the tribals that have been shifted to the sanctuary fringes. While losses due to cheetahs may be lesser compared to other three cats, the forest department will have to prepare the communities through very intensive and persistent awareness campaigns before and after the introduction of the cheetahs to understand their attitude towards this new species and to help them cope with the species. However, Dr. Andheria also hints that proper steps like awareness campaigns, timely cash compensation for the losses, and providing guard dogs for the livestock can make reintroduction a better move. The rise in tourism in the region can substantially augment the local economy, benefiting the local communities. Human-wildlife conflict does not have a silver bullet and is a multifaceted issue that needs to be tackled in a multidisciplinary method. 
it should be assessed from many angles and all the repercussions of the introduction needs to be kept in mind and at the same time be as prepared for the repercussions in order to have a swift result for the same. Experts from South Africa visited and inspected the sites of reintroduction along with Wildlife Institute of India scientists and they approved it. This is the first attempt to reintroduce an extinct animal in India, again an irony. Although local relocations has been done, the results were good as well as bad. For example, a male from Kanha Tiger Reserve and a female from Bandhavgarh from Madhya Pradesh were relocated to Satkosia Tiger Reserve in Orissa. While the male tiger Mahavir was found dead within months, the tigress Sundari became a predator, mauling many villagers and quashing the hopes of rebuilding a tiger population in the forest. Another instance, a few years ago, rhinos from Kajiranga National Park, Assam, were moved to Manas National Park in the state. Some of the female even gave birth twice, adding the total number of animals in the area. However, in a setback, 10 rhinos were killed by poachers. Even though the successful relocation of cheetah may become a ray of hope for other species which are on the verge of extinction, there is potentially a lot of factors that need to be taken into account to avoid this opportunistic introduction turning into a man-made failure in terms of death of cheetahs and locals as well. Recently, YV Jhala, a dean at the Wildlife Institute of India, who has carried out feasibility studies for the inter uh, introduction project, told the Hindi newspaper Dainik Bhaskar that an unspecified entity would take three or four of the 12 African cheetahs to Mukundra Tiger Reserve in Kota, which is in Rajasthan. But the timeline again is unclear. This detail only muddles the picture more. The Saharia is a local community of people spread over 54 villages within a 10km radius of the Kuno National Park. Most of the members of the community currently perform agriculture and contracted labor work. However, Amritanshu Singh, the assistant conservator of forest at Kuno, said, We don't have a solid plan yet. And, end quote. About the promise, quote, transformation. But it's a natural process. Once a glamorous species arrives, tourism will automatically go up and this will significantly improve the life of the Saharias, end quote. So, this entire statement is again dodgy. There are no other details in the public domain. So the claim that the Saharias will benefit from this reintroduction remains a suspect. There is no science available currently to suggest that cheetahs, lions, tigers and leopards can coexist comfortably in the same habitat. Although we know that uh, lions are not to be reintroduced into the site um, very sooner, but that is still a possibility. So if that is done, how will they coexist? There ha has not been even one single paper that suggests that these four mega carnivores have existed peacefully, coexisted in a certain habitat. It has never occurred anywhere else before, so there is no real-life experience to draw upon. On the surface, the cheetah scheme feels more like a vanity project rather than a conservation imperative. No doubt a boon for wildlife tourism, but maybe, just maybe, also presenting a threat of intraspecies and human-wildlife conflict. So what are your views on it? So with that being said, I conclude today's episode. And just have one question, should the cheetahs be reintroduced into India, especially African cheetahs, not Asiatic cheetahs?